Gang, you understand, don't you, that competitive baseball can be a hindrance. You understand, don't you, that volleyball can be a hindrance. You understand, I hope, don't you, that soccer can be a hindrance. It doesn't have to be. And and really, to you parents who have to struggle with this, I'm telling you, I am so tender towards you. Personally, because I know it's so complex. It is, it, is a, it is a real complex thing. You're trying to raise your kids. You're trying to do the best for them. And you are convinced that what they need most is a, a, a hitting coach. And so you got a little extra money. And so you go out and thinking that this is what's going to do. And, and by the way, guys, I'm not trying to pick on competitive baseball. I, I'm, I'm picking on the overcrowded schedule. C- keep that in mind. I'm just using that as I'm picking on baseball because, you know, I was a baseball player, and I was very good. <clears throat> and the older I get, the better I, I was. Um, but, but, guys, um, you were running well, and then your 10-year-old got invited to the competitive baseball team. And then you're gone. You were running well. What hindered you? Well, in so many instances around here, um, the issue is an overcrowded schedule. And guys, I hope you will think long and hard before you do that to your family. Um, You know, we had this little... uh, conference this weekend, and Randy Carson said something that I thought was so good. That, that whole thing, whether you liked it or didn't like it, it's, it was designed to help our parents parent. And so, you know, there's all these questions about gospel sexuality and when to have the talk, um, you know, all that business. Those things were addressed, and I think they were addressed well. But it's all designed to help you as parents make wise decisions. Okay, so when it comes to this overcrowded schedule hindrance, how do I handle it, Dr. Young? I don't know. I can only tell you this. Eric Little handled it. Remember him? Chariots of Fire, Olympic runner, refused to run on Sunday. Remember that? He found a way. And I think you can too. To, to prevent that, that insane schedule from causing you to swerve off course. And ultimately, you will be troubled by it. You will be, guys. You will be. I don't know how, but you'll be troubled. You are running well. What hindered you? Was it a was it an over was it a competitive baseball team? All kinds of hindrances, and we've got to keep them from um, causing us to swerve in this race that we have begun. Now, all of which brings us. 
to the ninth verse, which is really where I wanted to land, um, which says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. <clears throat> now, guys, you've heard that before. Um, in fact, we may use it as a colloquialism today in common parlance. A uh, little leaven leavens the whole lump. Um, it's used by Paul a couple of times. Um, the other time that Paul uses it is found in 1 Corinthians 5. You don't need to turn there. But it has to, let me just introduce, it says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans, for a man has his father's wife. And then he goes down in the sixth verse and he says, it, uh, your boasting is not good. Do you not know the little leaven leavens the whole lump? Guys, the issue there when he uses that metaphor of leaven and leavening the whole lump, the issue there was public, um, notorious, known sin in the church, undealt with. And he's saying in this 1 Corinthians 5 passage that if you tolerate that um, <clears throat> public, known, notorious sin, um, that influence will silently spread among you and it will do widespread damage. Because you see, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's what he has in mind over in 1 Corinthians 5. In Galatians 5, it's different. He does not have in mind some kind of public, untreated sin. What he has in mind, let, let me show you. I want you to see that Jesus uses this too. If you can, find Matthew 16 real quick, and, and you'll, it'll, it'll explain it really well, I think. Matthew 16, um, um, Jesus says to the 12, he says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Um, it's in verse 6. Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And verse 7, and they began discussing it among themselves. Uh, we brought no bread. <laughs> they are so concerned about their stomachs that when he said leaven, the only thing they could think of was bread. The, the story goes on. I'm not going to read it all to you, but go over to first, it's 12, 16, 12. Ah, they say in verse 12. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because a little of that is like leaven. It has a life of its own. It spreads throughout the entire lump. It's the doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Now, guys, what I'm saying is, that's exactly what Paul is saying here. And, and I'm very comfortable in saying that what he's talking about when he's using this term leaven is that it's theological error because the whole book has been about theological error. The Judaizers coming in and trying to add something to the gospel, which is simply, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So the whole book is about that, and you see that very thing happening in Matthew 16. So it's very clear, very, very 
um, um, case closed, that when Paul says in verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, he's not talking about public sin. He's talking about theological error. Jesus says, beware of that theological error of the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees. And then Paul takes a missionary trip to Galatia, which, by the way, is where Susie and I will be in September, in this Galatian region, which is kind of interesting. Uh, But anyway, um, Paul takes a missionary trip to uh, Galatia and um, sees this group of people come to know Christ savingly. And then he watches his theological error seeps in. And he gets upset about it. And he says, do you not realize this? That just a little bit of that theological error stuff. And pretty soon it's going to permeate the entire bunch of you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, one of the, one of the, uh, I don't know how to say it. I'm not looking for your sympathy, but one of the hardest things is to prevent this from happening at Grace Advance. Joel Osteen in his prosperity gospel. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when I stand up here and I denounce Roman Catholicism, people don't like that. And they don't like that I have pointed out the enormous differences in the message of Rome and the message of evangelical Protestantism. Um, They assign it to um, a party spirit. Or, um, um, you know, Paul's just contentious. Um, you know, he, maybe he's just an angry man. They say that about me too. And I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen. A little leaven. will leaven the whole blasted lump. Now, I am saying this, that when it comes to the gospel, there is no such thing as majoring in minors. Now, there is such a thing as majoring in minors. I mean, if we wanted to you know, tussle about eschatology. But have you ever heard of a tussle about eschatology in this church? Ever? We don't, we don't, we don't have any strong feelings one way or the other. Very frankly, we don't even tussle over Arminianism versus Reformed theology. But when it comes to the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, 
can't even let in a speck of falsehood. And when it shows up, it's got to be, um, it's got to be viciously attacked. Because of this principle, ladies and gentlemen, that theological error is like gangrene. It spreads. It has a life of its own. And so you, uh, you have a discussion about the shack. And you take a... Um, a very negative position on on the message of the shack. He's just an angry man. He's just being contentious. I would um, beg to differ. Because, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the gospel, there is no such thing as majoring in minors. Everything has to be guarded. You know, R.C. Sproul wrote a book, and I would love for you to read it. It's called Getting the Gospel Right. Go get it. I think it's even out there in the book nook. Um, uh, if it's not, you can get it on Amazon. Getting the Gospel Right by R.C. Sproul. It's a thin little paperback. Go get it. I mean, it's... Um, but basically, he's, he's making the same point. Um, years ago, there was um, a big battle in the, in the evangelical world over a document called the ECT document, the Evangelicals and Catholics Together. And, um, and, and I think maybe I've told you this story before, but um, uh, it all had to do with the doctrine of justification by faith. And um, this document, the ECT document, was signed by... Um, Chuck Colson, Bill Bright, um, was one other. J.I. Packer signed it. He ultimately took his name off of it. <clears throat> but those are those are some guys. I mean, I've I've had supper with Chuck Colson when I was with R.C. Sproul one time. Um, Chuck Colson and what he did with Prison Fellowship is stellar. Bill Bright has put together something called Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now called Crew, which is probably the premier college ministry in the world today. But there were three men. Three men. Jim Kennedy, Dr. D. James Kennedy, John MacArthur, and R.C. Sproul. And they had conferences all over the country not conferences, they had appearances. And I, I mean, I remember viewing one where they sat on a stage. In fact, I think they were at Coral Ridge, where Susie and I came to know Christ in Fort Lauderdale. And the three of them were on the stage. And they were battling over this document, having to oppose men like Bill Bright and Chuck Colson, a friend of RC's. Because, you know, they're just angry men. MacArthur, Sproul, Kennedy, they're just, they're just angry. 
No, ladies and gentlemen, they understood this. They understood that falsehood is contagious. And so a little book creeps into the church via somebody, somebody's grace group or the women's Bible study or the men's uh, prayer breakfast or whatever. And, and somebody stands up and says, no, we can't, we're not going to read that. Because, well, why not? Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, a little leaven leavens the entire lump. This is not about sin. It is about theological error. And it spreads. So when it comes to the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, and I, and I hope you hear me, I'm not talking about every theological thing that's debated among in intramural fraternal debates. I'm talking about the gospel. And when something threatens it, you better hope somebody's in front of you saying, that won't be stood for around here. Because this, ladies and gentlemen, is so very, very true. Error. Theological error allowed to spread does massive damage such that the people of God are hindered and ultimately troubled in one way or the other. And conceivably, if it has to do with the gospel, conceivably ruined. So here's my point. When it comes to the proclamation of the gospel, the doctrine of justification by faith alone, through Christ alone, by grace alone, there is no such thing as majoring in minors. Call me what you will. No such thing. When it comes to the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, we have to make sure that no leaven ever gets inside. Our Father, I I do pray that you would guard this body of people, that they might know how um, valuable and how prized are their souls by the leadership of this church, and that you would give us discernment as to what things to make an issue and what things not to. But ultimately, Lord, when it comes to the proclamation of the gospel, that a man is saved by faith alone in Christ alone, might there always be a willingness to do whatever it takes to make sure that no leaven ever gets inside this lump, that no serious theological error ever is allowed to last very long because the gospel is 
the only life-saving message we have. Uh, might we guard it? Um, and might it be useful to your people as they make progress in this race called Christian living? Keep them, Father, from um, all the hindrances that, that are so alluring. And there are so many. Protect them from falsehood, but protect them from believing in the tricks and the schemes of the enemy of our soul who will cause us to swerve um, dramatically. A, a group of people who, who started well, but because of whatever hindrance it was, they, they now have gotten off track. Get us back on, Lord, and help us make wise and spirit-led decisions as we try to manage our soul and the souls of those little ones that you have entrusted to us. We ask it all, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys, and good night, and have dessert on me.